Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Often imitated, never duplicated. Matt the Lumberjack Landlord and Mike Zuber from One Rental at a Time. Michael, how's it going, my friend? I actually can breathe. <laughs> well, every day is Saturday and uh, today is a particularly good day, even though it's Friday. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy, but we will save that for episode three. Yeah, shared something that was pretty cool, but that'll be on episode three. Yep. Very exciting news. Very exciting news. We're really, we're super excited to be able to share that uh, with you and with your viewers and my viewers. It's, it's awesome. But what I wanted to talk about first today was um, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, we, we continuously consume data from other content creators, right? Absolutely. We're trying to vet it, you know, kind of see where people are at, get their thoughts, get their feelings. Ken McElroy. <laughs> your favorite guy <laughs> honest to god i really don't like this guy yeah, um, and it, it, ken mcelroy is my reventure consultant yeah right? I, well i don't like that guy either it's not yeah. hard to get on my list it really yeah. I'm, not, I'm not nearly as nice of a person as you are so uh so i'm watching this video from ken that you sent over and yeah. and uh you know, blah, 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 jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, because he loses track of what he's saying. I think other people put his stuff together for him. This is one of the things that I will never have a team that puts stuff together for me. Yeah. Everything that you share, you put together, everything that I share, I put together. It's experiential, yes. right? We've lived it. We're going through it. We saw that hurdle today. Yep. Again, just another area that differs from us and so many others. Mm -hmm. But I'm watching Ken all over the place in this video. And then all of a sudden he ends up with rent control because no one can afford rent and because wages haven't kept up. Yeah. Yeah. So again, but he got there out of nowhere. So yeah, he, <laughs> like, like it was like wine, you know, so, so walk me through it as you see it, because I know you'll connect the dots for us. So there, there's a couple of things. So first and foremost, unlike Reventure Consulting, which I refuse to follow anymore because he he has a stick now. Yeah. Everything is 50%. Everything is crash. I mean, I, I, I don't even bother, right? I get sent videos from him that I don't even bother looking at anymore because they're all the same. I'm like, let me guess, something bad and it's going to crash. Well, here, here's the deal, folks. Uh, if you want to know when murders rise, look when ice cream sales go up. Yeah, there is there is correlation and causation. Yeah, exactly. They are something that he doesn't understand. But anyways, Ken McRoy is still on my list of stuff I watch. Mm -hmm. He put out a video this morning that I watched. It was called just so full disclosure, mm -hmm. the fate of the U.S. housing market. I'm like, interesting. I consider myself residential, a uh, housing. I consider Ken apartments. I clicked it not knowing which way we were going to go. And now watching this eight minute video, I don't think Ken knew which way he was going to go because he brought up data about housing. Like, re uh, let's be clear, residential housing. Yes. He talked about inventory being record lows, pretty chart. He talked about uh, prices, pretty chart. Yes. And then somewhere in the middle, 
he kind of reverts to this unaffordability and rent control. And again, uh, knowing his experience, having owned, having owned some of these, much smaller, but some, he starts basically talking about, be careful of rent control, it's coming to apartments. Now he never said apartments, but the language and his experience, you could tell that's what he was thinking. Right. And it was um, an interesting leap. It was an interesting leap to go from, again, the data that he shows is, and you're absolutely right. He's clearly having some admin or some temp yes. pull charts together and go, Ken, talk about this. And he has so much experience. I bet you he looks at these things for five seconds. He goes, yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah, I can talk about that. Yep. And then again, he knows what he wants the punchline to be. Right. When Ken started recording this video, the punchline was always going to be red control right. bad. That's right. Not even red control, red control bad. Right. That was that was his zing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he starts with houses. He starts with inventory, and then he goes here, and he, I'm like, whoa, yeah. where does where does that go? So, um, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, and, and I get it, and that was an interesting leap. Yeah, I'm I'm watching it, and I got an ice cream headache at like four minutes and thirty seven seconds because they two ideas were like passing in the night and now all of a sudden rent control and single family ha homes and lack of building and extra legislation by the way we all know this you're building an adu i'm built tried to build an adu we've been through this we know that there's extra legislation we know there's extra layers <laughs> right yeah but we also know there's actually a statute in my state up for voting this i think it's this month that actually allows for uh, for it to be very, very, very easy to create an ADU. Yeah. Very easy. And so what I would caution people on is watching these pundits and these people that don't do what we do every single day. The last time he built an ADU, it was it probably had to go through, you know, Noah's Ark. I mean, it's, he's completely disjointed from what's occurring in today's market and the zoning and the rules needed yeah. to build a 200 unit multifamily differ only slightly from having to build an ADU in a residential neighborhood. Yeah. Again, you gotta, you gotta, you always, everybody has an opinion, experience and a point of view, right? Yes. Ken is an apartment guy. He is probably has 10,000 units or yep. he has some number that I will never have, never even fathom having. He's far richer, far smarter, blah, 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 blah than me. Richer. I get it. I get it. But we're talking residential, which is where one rental at a time plays. The last time he looked at a house as a rental, 20 years ago? No. 25 years ago? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing to realize is we have rent control in California, but single family homes is actually exempt. Right. right. People don't realize Ken is concerned about rent control because it will hurt his apartments. That's right. That's listening to be very, very clear about that. Right. That's right. Um, that is a big concern. If you're a multifamily guy, if you're a residential single family, good news. You got lots of options, right? Because right. apartments, you only got one option. It's to be a rental. That's right. Single, if you have a single family home and you don't like it, you can kick them out, clean it up and sell it to an owner. Ought. There's so many other options. So I get where he's coming from. Um, and then the last thing I will say about rent control, because I do like <coughs> him, believe it is bad. There's actually a um, well-known economist. I wish I had his name. 
He said there's only thing, only one thing worse than rent control for a city, for destruction of housing in a city. Think about that. One thing that's worse than rent control to destroy a city. Do you have any guess what that one thing is? No. Bombing it. <laughs> Think about what I just said. The only thing worse than rent control for a city is bombing it. Hmm. That should tell you all you need to know about how good rent control is. Well, I mean, we've, so in New Hampshire, we don't have rent control. We don't have it anywhere. We don't have it single families, multis, nothing. Mm -hmm. And what's really great, what's been really great about that is that when a landlord buys something, he doesn't, you can unearth value there because you can raise rents, but you can also make a much nicer unit. Mm -hmm and start on that track. And so what you find here is a lot of stuff will be kept up, but it actually allows for affordable housing to exist and remain because there's plenty of landlords that just say, you know what? I've owned the thing for 20 years. My mortgage is exactly what it was. I'm getting 1100 bucks a month, even though the market's 1500 or 1600 or 1700 a month. But you know what? Whatever, it's fine. I've got a tenant that's happy. I'm not gonna make that change. When you institute rent control, that's exactly what you do. You basically make every proposition where every landlord has to say, I've got to max out my rent every single year in that place. Because if I miss a year, I'm never going to get that six, four, five, six, seven, eight percent back ever. Yeah, there's there's a couple. I, I hope people hear that. And, and I'll just give you real practical advice. Yeah. So my my uh, California's only had rent control, I think, for two or three years. I forget what year it actually came in. Uh, but much of my career didn't exist. So if you were one of my tenants and you paid rent on time for 12 months, you would not get a rent bump. I just wouldn't do it. Yep. Now, Gavin Newsom says, I have to raise your rent every month, or I'm sorry, every year. Right. So, you know, my letter to them says, Gavin Newsom says, I have to raise your rent every year. So if you like that, vote for Gavin. Now, I don't really send that letter, but I really wish I could. <laughs> Well, so it was really funny because we just had somebody move out that had been with us for eight years and we never raised their rent. They were a fantastic tenant. They never had issues. When something would come up, they treated the place like it was their own and they'd fix it or get it fixed. And so this is something that because we don't have rent control here, this is something where for me, I was just like, you know what? It's fine. Let like it roll. Numbers, it's it, yeah, exactly. The numbers work. It's 30 year fixed rate debt. We've got good tenants there. Mm -hmm. They've been there for eight years. The tenants on the other side of the duplex have been there for a coming. This is going to be their fifth year. Yeah. So again, when you allow the free market to operate as the free market and allow business people that have made the decision to make an investment in a home and then rent it out. When you just let that, that process play out, you'll end up with far better results because she even said, Matt, I was literally waiting for you to raise the rent every single year because I knew that if you raised it the 10 or 15%, I knew that it was going to be out of my stretch. Like we didn't, we just haven't made that much more money over the last eight years. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's something that people really need to consider. And most importantly is people need to understand that real estate is hyper-local. Hyper-local. Yeah. Hyper-local. So not only are there states that can make that decision, but there's towns and counties that can yeah. make that decision. So when you're evaluating a market, you should really be looking at, is that market something that a landlord can be successful in? Because there's landlords successful in every market in the country. 
Agreed. Mike doing Fresno still blows my mind to this day with the level of success that you've had there. But what you do is you understand what the rules are and you understand getting into it. This is where I have to play by the rules and be disciplined to make sure that I get the return on the other side. Talk about that just a little bit. more. No, you're absolutely right. Right. It is so hyper local. For example, California is often thought of as like the thou shall not invest. It is state. Right. But Fresno is in in California. It's done it just fine for us. Uh, but back to being hyper-local, would it shock you that there's a large county? I think it's actually the largest county by geography uh, that has uh, eviction moratorium still in effect. Yeah, it's L.A. County, uh, right? L.A. County yeah. has eviction moratorium in effect still, even though there are calls to end the emergency order, all of that. Our, our governor, of course, will not do that because we now call him King Newsom because he has <laughs> he's exacted emergency control and doesn't have to follow legislative process and the like. So King Newsom will never give up that power. And um, we got what we got. But yeah, LA County still has an eviction moratorium. I can't believe it. It's amazing. And I think one of the things, again, that everybody really has to learn when we're, when and, and see what Mike and I are constantly talking about is rent control. Sure. Could it happen? Here's a downfall. Here's a downfalls. Here's, here's the things that, that it gets you. And here's the subsequent experiences that you'll likely have, mm -hmm. but looking at the pundits, looking at these other people that are out there talking, their talking points, make sure that you're aligning yourself with people that are doing what you're trying to go do. Mm -hmm. And also trying to understand how they look at their market. Because I think it's funny when people think that, they think, oh, well, you're New Hampshire, so that's kind of red market, and so you'd never invest in a blue market. I think red markets and blue markets both have positives. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, it's amazing. You have how Prop much... 13. I do. I don't. I, I love Prop 13. <laughs> I bet you do. Tell people what Prop 13 is. Prop 13 is something I believe was enacted in the late 70s. It might have been the early 80s that basically says uh, you can raise property taxes uh, only one, I think it's 1.3% a year. Uh, and of course, in California, it's done at point of sale. So if you own something, say, say you bought a house in 2011, after the market fell 75%, and you got a discount, let's just pretend you bought a house for $28,000. That's worth, I don't know, $320,000 today. Your property taxes is uh, based on the $28,000 purchase price. So your property taxes might be 300 bucks where somebody down the street's property taxes might be five grand. Mm -hmm. I like Prop 13. I bet. So to give everybody an idea of how that works in New Hampshire, in the 21 years I've been investing in New Hampshire, guess how many times my taxes have only gone up 1.3%? <laughs> Once. Zero. Oh, zero. zero. <laughs> Never 1.3, ever. Yeah. It's yeah. always three, four, five, all the way up to, I've had some properties jump 13% in one year. So they- I've, I've had more years at zero than I've had at 1.3%. Unbelievable. So again, guys, these are the details. This is why there's never too much content to absorb. This is what you guys have to be putting together when you're making your plans to understanding what's the likelihood of rent control. Is there something like Prop 13 that exists? What are the rules in that area where you're looking to invest? So you know, going into it, these are the things that I must consider. These are things that I think far too many people make a mistake on and miss in the beginning. And it costs them big time because if you're at 8% margin and something like this exists, that brings you to four, guess what? That's not that good of a deal anymore, right? No, you got to do your market, got to do the work, got to, it's just, 
there's never an excuse not to do the work. So yeah, true. do the work. It's true. So Michael, how can everybody find you, my friend? Uh, go to your Google search bar, type in one ritual at a time. You should see a YouTube channel of books, Instagram website, all this stuff. Uh, and I will go live tomorrow, Saturday, or I'll go live Saturday, depending on when you watch this 8am yeah. for 60 minutes of questions. And then if you're one of my students, we do another half hour in our private Facebook group. It is always a good time. So as I always say, we try and create great content for you. Please hit that like button and subscribe and check Mike out on his 11 a.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. Pacific time live stream tomorrow. It's a good time. We're always there in attendance and there's usually over a hundred people hanging out. So yeah, we've been, we've been, we've gotten over a hundred last couple of times. It's been fun. It's been a good time. So Mike, thanks so much for the time. Look forward to segment number two. Got it.